other things to consider is just like how much rest you might need that's maybe a little different than a vaginal birth just because of you know you've had all these layers of tissue that are just really needed to heal in this time so you know even being up on your feet can be really uncomfortable so giving your body a lot of time to rest Welcome to the Messy Mom Podcast by Fit Mama and 30. I'm Bailey. And I'm Carrie. And the Messy Mom Podcast is all about ditching the idea of perfection during motherhood and embracing the messy, ranging from topics about pre and postnatal health and wellness, infertility, mom guilt, and of course, the craziness that comes with raising a family. So if you would like to live on this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review as this helps other mamas learn to embrace the messy with us. So get ready for 30 minutes of real, raw, and messy content. Let's get started. Hey, hey, mamas. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. 2023 is here. Yeah, it is. And we are coming at you with our first episode of the new year. We're really excited about this one. So today you're going to hear from Dr. Sam Dawson Tandy, uh, and she is a pelvic floor pelvic health specialist. So she is coming on today to talk about all things C-section recovery, which you know we know a lot of you of this community have either experienced or might have to go through, have planned to do in the upcoming weeks or months. So she's just so knowledgeable about so many things. Honestly, Bailey and I learned so much talking talking to her. It was amazing at the things that I was in shock. Yeah. We honestly could have made this podcast probably like an hour and a half, two hours. It's probably a little longer than some of our other ones, but for a good reason. It's because we dive into just a lot of information and she's a wealth of knowledge in this area. And you might be wondering like, why are you guys having a pelvic PT talk about you know, C-section recovery. Don't you guys do that? And the short answer is yes, we do. But there are some areas of a C-section that I think are pretty specific to a pelvic floor physical therapist, like scar mobilization and things that just are kind of out of our our lane a little bit. So I thought, and we thought that it would be best to have her on to discuss some of these things for you guys. So I think you're going to really enjoy it. Also a little fun fact, Sam and I went to Purdue together. So boiler up. <laughs> You know, so that's how we know thing. each other. It is, it is. And, and for those of you who don't know, I'm the only one in pretty much the entire family that did not go to Purdue. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Carrie, Carrie did not go to Purdue, but the whole the whole Oshman fam did. The whole shebang did. <laughs> but yeah, it's a great one, Mama. So we're excited to for you guys to listen to it. And as always, you know, give us feedback. Let us know what you think. Um, if you have any questions, we are, you know, or have in contact with Sam. So we would love for questions, feedback as always. So enjoy. Hey, Sam, welcome to the Messy Mom Podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. We're pretty stoked about this topic. We have a lot of mamas in our community that we know could benefit from it and not just in our community, but outside the community. But before we dive into our topic of all things recovery after C-section, how about you just tell us a little bit about yourself, school, family, hobbies, interests, anything you want to throw in? Love it. Yeah. So I'm Sam. I 
was born and raised in Indiana, and I went to college at Purdue, which is how I know Bailey. Boiler up. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah. Through and through. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I I decided in college that kind of like last minute that I wanted to go to PT school, so I threw together, you know, too much time of like prerequisites that I should have taken more time to uh, do, but anyways. Uh, yeah, and Sounds when about I was right. applying to- yeah, right. Like I wasn't planning out very much, but I was like 20. <laughs> who does? You know? I was going to say, what who the does heck? in their early 20s? Like, yeah. how are you supposed to have all your entire life together at that age? It's like, I know, it's <laughs> and if you do, yeah, great. Do but <laughs> yeah, anyways. So, yeah, I really wanted to get out of Indiana. So, I applied to a bunch of schools outside of the state, and I've always like loved the mountains. So, I, I happened to apply to the University of Utah and it was just on a whim and I interviewed here and I really loved this school. So I attended school at the University of Utah, which is in Salt Lake. And we fell in love with Salt Lake and the mountains. So we've lived here ever since. Yeah. I, what other things? Oh, family. So I just had my first, well, not just, I guess I had my first baby a year ago, almost exactly. It goes by fast. Like we were talking about, it yeah. seems like just. <laughs> I'm like, I'm still a new mom. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then I live with my husband. All Most of my family's back in the Midwest, but it's been fun to like set up our own life here. And, you know, that leads me into hobbies in Salt Lake. I feel like everyone does something outside, even if mm-hmm. it's just like casual oh, yeah. hiking or whatever. I would say my hobbies have changed definitely since becoming a mom because we used to just like be like, all right, we're going backpacking this weekend. And like, I would literally never do that with a, a one-year-old. Yeah. Or like, you know, it's it's a lot more of a production to go do anything, but it's it's rewarding to have him come with us. So yeah, I love just being outside. We love skiing and hiking. We like to bike in the summer. I'm trying to think of anything else. Wait, I have one question I have to ask. So did you yeah. meet your husband at Purdue and took him with you or did you meet in Utah? Oh, yeah. That's a good question. So we actually grew up together. So we met oh. each other since we were kids, which is kind of weird and crazy. That's fun. We don't really talk about all that much. <laughs> you're, wel- you're welcome for bringing it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we dated through college and then, yeah, he moved here with me. We were just dating at the time, but then... um we got married after I graduated from grad school. I was like, I want to be an unmarried woman when I get my doctorate. Yeah. <laughs> and then like three weeks later, we got married. <laughs> like, and now. Yeah. So you just made it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so that's yeah. awesome. I feel I have family actually that live in Utah, Park City. Mm. And so I've been there. I think I knew that. Yeah, yeah. I've been there. Um, actually, I've only been there once, though, which is crazy. I definitely want to get back more, but I feel like Utah is one of the most underrated states in the US because it is so beautiful. Like yeah. I could not get over how beautiful it was, how much there was to do, like how active everyone was. Like my aunt, mm-hmm. she's like, well, and she's in her seventies and she still goes skiing. She's like oh. super hip and cool. I'm like, this is an awesome place. So I get why you would want to move there I know. and why you it's are really there. Cool. Yeah. I mean, people are just like, I feel like people are just like happy here and mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I had no idea. I mean, I was just like, I guess I'll go to this interview 
And when I got here, I was like, oh my gosh, it looked like an Aquafina water bottle ad. It does. Yes. I had no idea. <laughs> I love that description. The yeah. sky is like so blue. Like I was yeah. amazed. We, we're making this podcast about everyone. You need to go to Utah, Utah. for vacation. Yeah. <laughs> you, when you it's fly into that place. Salt Lake City airport, it does. It's like, huh? Yeah. It's so, un- I don't know. I just like never thought about it, but I'm glad Agreed. I'm here now. We love it. Well, good. That's awesome. I'm so glad. Like, yeah. Like I said, I would love to get back there at some point. And when I, when that is, I don't know, <laughs> as we all know, especially <laughs> with little ones, but hopefully, hopefully in the future. But like Carrie said, Sam, we really appreciate you coming on today to talk about all things recovery after C-section. You know, some of our listeners might be like, what, why are you having someone on to talk about, you know, C-section recovery? Don't you guys do like pelvic floor and core recovery? And the answer is yes, we do. However, Carrie and I have not had C-sections and I, there's a lot that goes into it that we don't personally feel comfortable discussing because we didn't have that training. Do we know how you know to do deep breathing techniques and things once it is healed completely? Yes. But I think it's important to reach out to people like yourself, pelvic floor physical therapists who have kind of seen this and deal with this and know about like scar mobilization, which we will get into and what to do. And so we really appreciate you coming on to answer some of these questions yeah. that we have for you. Um, and some are from our listeners too. But kind of diving into one of the first questions about kind of just the core recovery process after a C-section is what is the protocol for movement after a C-section? So for example, let's say you you have a C-section, you get home with baby, what are your limitations or what are some things that you should be mindful of? Yeah. So this is one thing that is so wild to like discuss and like tell people about because So C-sections are like really major surgeries. So Mm -hmm. if you were having anything else done where they open your abdomen like that, you would have a physical therapist visit your recovery room. In fact, when I was in school, we had to do rotations in like, you know, different settings. And one of mine was in a hospital like we all have to do. And we had people who had abdominal surgeries that looked similar to C-sections. And I went into their room like three times before they left. And a mom who's had a cesarean birth doesn't, it's not common to get any physical therapy or any advice on like how to move. So that's just insane to to start. And yeah, it's so weird. I mean, like literally any other surgery you get, you would get information and like protocols and a physical therapist to at least come to your room in the hospital. So first of all, a lot of people are in the dark because like just no one, like there's not that many protocols they even give you. Mm -hmm. I personally didn't have a cesarean section either, but I've treated, you know, a lot of people who have. Mm -hmm. So yeah, mostly the only protocol they give people or that I'm aware of is that like you can't lift and then a lot of times they'll say like be careful twisting. So they'll say I don't know what the lifting how many pounds it is, but I think it's between like 15 and 20 pounds that you're not supposed to lift for like 6 weeks. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like you know, that's what they give moms and then you're also in this blur of like postpartum and you have like this baby so like it's hard to 
really take into account everything that's going on. So getting this like dinky protocol kind of sucks. So yeah, things that like early postpartum recovery after a cesarean section, there's like a lot of things that you need to like be aware of that you probably get firsthand experience of what your core does and like having nine layers of tissue cut through, you kind of get like a firsthand experience of what happens. But a lot of times is that you need like support from the outside. So because those muscles and all that tissue is just compromised at the time and it's in this like really acute phase of healing, things like getting in and out of bed, no one teaches you how to do, but there's some considerations that you can do because maybe you don't have like Maybe it's not impossible for you to do after a cesarean section, but it might be more comfortable if you do it in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So using techniques like we call it the log roll, where you kind of like whenever you move, like moving all together with your legs together instead of like moving mm-hmm. your upper body independent of your legs. So like thinking of the tissue, it's really in this like super acute phase of healing. You just don't want to stress it out too much. And that's probably why they would say like no twisting lifting that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. So other things to consider is just like how much rest you might need that's maybe a little different than a vaginal birth just because of you know you've had all these layers of tissue that are just really needed to heal in this time. So you know even being up on your feet can be really uncomfortable. So giving your body a lot of time to rest and you know getting up in short stints as you can but mainly just being really gentle with yourself. The other thing I've been told by patients is that they'll give you like an abdominal binder, but it's kind of like a generic one and it's not always very comfortable for the postpartum community because those binders are just like made for kind of like any abdominal surgery. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing. So the point of the binder is to kind of like give you support from the outside, like what your muscles would be doing. Mm -hmm. But I've heard a lot of people, they're just like not comfortable or maybe they're not putting them on correctly. You know, Mm -hmm. you'd want to like stitch them from the bottom and like make sure they're a little more snug at the bottom and then like looser at the top. So yeah, just kind of a lot of rest, being careful with certain movements like twisting you know, maybe not being on your feet for a long time, maybe holding off on like baby wearing for a little bit mm-hmm. just because that extra weight and pressure on a core that's so, or like the core muscles that are so compromised at that moment. Mm-hmm. Those would be my like kind of early C-section recovery tips. I think it's insane. Like, like what you said after, like I've had rotator cuff research, surgery. So you know, it's not a minor surgery. It's definitely takes, but like, just like you said, I can't imagine someone saying like, good work today. (laughs) Yeah. Here's your like wrap. Here's your wrap to hold your shoulder in place and, you know, get back to it in eight weeks. Like, it's just nuts. Like mine was, you know, there was like detailed protocol of like, you're going to do this the first week. And then we want you doing this. And then you're in here on like day five to make sure we start doing mobility work. That's a that's a rotator cuff. Like you said, that's not nine layers of muscle and tissue. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's such a shame. And then, you know, thinking on top of the postpartum community and like what goes into the postpartum phase for people, you know, first of all, 
A lot of people have some trauma behind having a C-section, you know, not mm-hmm. everyone. I think that's not true for everyone, but the emotional fact that like mm-hmm. you had a surgery to deliver your baby, I feel like that alone deserves some credit. Mm-hmm. And then on top of it, yeah, you're like there's all the mental changes and hormonal changes and emotional changes and then you have like this huge surgery that no one told you how to recover from. It's just so wild and I really hope it changes. I really think that physical therapists regardless of what type of birth you had, I feel like they should be on like postpartum recovery floors because even if someone were to just come in and tell you like here's why you can't hold your pee right now, you know. Mm-hmm. You're not this isn't going to be yeah. the rest of your life, but like this is what to expect and things like that. So, yeah. I just feel like there's a lot of layers of how messed up it is. <laughs> so true. It really is. Yeah, how this time in someone's life is just really vulnerable. So, and not to mention that not everyone has help, you know, when they go home. Right. Some women are completely by themselves. So, I can't imagine having this major surgery and then having a baby on top of that. You're not sleeping. You have to take care of the baby and recover from this major surgery and have no help whatsoever how that would be for someone and not know how to heal yourself properly. I mean, I feel like that's where you can get into situations where you're not healing correctly. And then there's, you know, a whole other slew of things that can happen, you know, from that. So I, I hope that it gets better too. I, I did have a physical therapist come in, but they just handed me like a sheet that says like, if you feel like you need physical therapy, like, you know, go to it. So it wasn't anything Mm -hmm. like do this and this, but I was at that point, just glad someone came in and gave me something, you know what I mean? (laughs) Which is, which isn't even like, which isn't common. We always say that, or we're at least we're progressing. Cause like, yeah, you know, yeah. I've have a six and an eight year old and I'll tell you right now, there was no PT to be seen. Yeah. Nothing. Like not even I a know. mention of like, if this, if you, you know, even at my six week post-op, it wasn't like, Hey, if you're having any of these issues, you should go see. It was very like surface level, like your yeah. bleeding stop. You good. Like yeah, luck out Maybe. there. <laughs> I have a friend who had her six week appointment virtually. I was like, how oh. does that happen? Oh, I don't yeah. know. I was like, how does that work? This could probably yeah. be another podcast for I another know. day of how oh, I know. bad I our postpartum I know. care is at the moment, but hopefully yeah. it'll get better in the future. That's well, we're hope. talking about it. So that's, that's true. You know, that's very okay. true. Step. It is. Agreed. Definitely. Well, good. That was helpful. So to progress that conversation then. So, you know, that's the initial stage where we know we're all healing. We're, but you know, as you start to get into those next few weeks, I would say later stage, but it's next few weeks. What is the protocol for like when you can start diastasis and pelvic floor work Yeah, versus like a vag? So we, we talk about in our course, like you can start like that breathing right away, like 360 breathing, Mm -hmm. but I have no idea, honestly, for C-section when that would be proper to start. Yeah. It's really similar actually. You just have to like have some different considerations for like the surgical site, obviously. But when I was thinking about what I would tell someone, if, you know, if a friend came to me and was like, I had a C-section yesterday, like how do I start recovering? It would be those really foundational things like breathing. A lot of the focus postpartum is just to like get your muscles back online because 
you oftentimes like can't feel what's happening. And so if you just like don't build that foundation, then when you go into doing more activity, they're maybe not working properly or they're not coordinated properly. So like probably the biggest difference I would say is just understanding what's like normal and abnormal like discomfort for where the incision is. So yeah, if you're doing like really deep 360 breathing and it's pulling on your incision causing pain, then that's something you might want to kind of like ease off on or just skip for that day or be more gentle with. So there's so many connections between where they do cesarean incisions. So like that really lower abdomen and the pelvic floor. So for example, my business partner who I practice, do physical therapy practices. She had a C-section and she was, she said that she still could not fire her pelvic floor muscles, even though like the day after her surgery, she was like, I know I didn't have a vaginal birth, but like, why can I not feel my <laughs> pelvic floor and I cannot contract it? Yeah. Even though this is my like literal job. Mm-hmm. And that's, I'm going to say that's someone who knows exactly what it feels like and what you should yeah. be doing. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So there's just a lot of connections that are lost through, you know, the whole process of the surgery too. Um, And that happens again, like tying back into other surgical recoveries, like that happens with other surgeries. So like when someone has an ACL repair, there's this really common theme that the quad muscles can't fire properly. So they can't stabilize the knee joint very well. Mm -hmm. The other thing that drives me nuts is like, these things are not like new. They're not cutting edge topics. Mm -hmm. They're topics of recovery that aren't applied to the postpartum population. So yeah, as far as I'll go on a rampage if I keep going. Oh no, you're right. right. (laughs) As far as like when to start, like you really could start right away as long as it feels good to you. Nothing should ever, ever, ever feel bad, especially in this really vulnerable time with your body. Mm -hmm. So some of the stuff that you guys have where you start with just that gentle breathing and that foundation where you're kind of practicing tuning into parts of your body and then practicing activating it and stuff like that. It's just that with a C-section, sometimes it can be harder because you have a, that physical incision and the scar tissue that's like starting to build. And does that mm-hmm. answer the question? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it definitely Yeah. <laughs> Are you currently pregnant, postpartum, or beyond? Lucky for you, Fit Mom and 30 has an exercise and nutrition program for every stage of motherhood. And the best part, the workouts are 30 minutes or less. We know there are about a million online fitness options at your fingertips, but our science-backed and doctor-approved fitness and nutrition programs are designed to support you wherever you're at. From safe and effective pre- and postnatal workouts to our 30-minute strength and cardio conditioning classes, there's truly something for everyone. Did we also mention that we have seasonal recipe guides to nourish not only you, but your entire family? Because let's face it, ain't no one going to be making multiple meals in my house. We know finding the time to exercise and eat well can be challenging once you become a mom. And that's exactly why we started Fit Mom in 30. We want you to find your groove again with fitness and nutrition, which is why you can try any of our Fit Mom in 30 programs completely free for seven days. And if you decide you want to stick with us after the seven days, you can get $10 off your membership. All you have to do is enter the code podcast at checkout. Do you feel like, you know, you always hear six weeks, six weeks is when you should wait to start 
activity. And that's, I think, pretty typical with a vaginal birth. I know it can be sooner. It can be later for some people, again, mm. depending on their specific situation. Do you typically feel like it is longer when it comes to people who have had C-sections? Like when they naturally start being more active? When, like when they are, when they are able to start an exercise regimen, like once it's healed properly and everything, is it usually typically longer than a vaginal birth? That's making sense. Yeah. I mean, not really. Mm -hmm. It just really depends on the person too. I know that's such an annoying answer. No, but it's so true. Everyone's experience is so different. It's hard to. Yeah. But like in my physical therapy practice, we really, because we specialize in like perinatal care. Mm-hmm. And we really harp on that you do not have to wait the six weeks. Mm-hmm. It's like the six week thing. I like to educate people like what it is mm-hmm. because it's not just this like get out of jail free. You know, like it doesn't mean <laughs> yeah. like, oh, you're magically good now. You know, they're really just looking at like, so it takes six weeks for the tissue that they're looking at to heal. So muscle tissue it's an optimal time to see whether it's healing. So for like a, for a C-section, you know, obviously they don't like go in and look at the muscle and I'm sure they don't even like have someone activate the muscle, but they're looking at the way the tissue is healing. And that's really the biggest thing why the six week thing happens. And like, I feel like even now they're like stepping back off of that and they're just asking subjectively, like, are you having problems? Do you even want like a vaginal exam? Obviously mm-hmm. for a C-section, they're looking at the incision, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think it just depends on like every person's experience. And I definitely don't think you need to wait six weeks to do some of this foundational, just gentle stuff. Mm-hmm. One thing we tell people a lot is that like the early protocol or exercises so like the breathing and practicing activating with your breath and like the coordination stuff you know you can do that while you're feeding your baby Mm -hmm. or you can do that while you're hanging out watching netflix or whatever Mm -hmm. and it's really rare that that would cause any problems with you know anyone it's just that you would you would want to be careful if if it was causing red flags so Mm -hmm. really sharp pain or like dizziness or nausea, which I don't know how breathing would ever cause. So yeah, the six week thing, like I don't believe anyone has to wait six weeks, but that doesn't mean everyone like mentally needs to, like, you know, when I was in my postpartum phase and I was six weeks, like I wasn't really ready to do any of this stuff yet Mm -hmm. mentally. Yeah. So I think that's another aspect that you have to kind of weigh into the equation. I have something to lay on top of that. I don't know if you have experience from working with someone who came to you maybe for multiple pregnancies and like you've seen them for the first pregnancy, they weren't doing anything mm-hmm. during pregnancy and then compare them to someone who did. I was just curious because I have, we have a, I have a client now who I'm training one-on-one and her first pregnancy, she came to me nine months postpartum. So we healed her at her diastasis. We got mm-hmm. her like understanding core breathing. She got mm-hmm. pregnant while we were training. So we took her <laughs> She did not mean to, but she decided that she did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So then we did nine months of training, like core breathing, good stuff. And she said her, like being able to connect back to her core and she had two C-sections was night and day because she, I mean, she's been working for nine months to do it. So I was just curious if you've ever had a patient or have patients that come to you, like, is their recovery different from someone who's been maybe working through core breathing their entire pregnancy than someone who hasn't? A hundred percent. And it's because like, whatever type of birth is that 
the biggest hurdle is you have to find your muscles again. And if you are already good at finding them, like it's going to be easier afterward. So some of this stuff is just so easy. You could just, if you didn't do anything, but just did some of that like core breathing in your third trimester, it's going to be easier to find those muscles again, because you probably know this too with your clients. Like if they don't do that foundational work and then they're like, all right, well, it's been, you know, I don't know, 12 weeks since I had my baby, I'm just going to start running again or climbing or skiing like people in Utah. (laughs) Then like the foundation's not built and then that's when injury can occur. And that's when symptoms can occur like leakage, you know, Urinary leakage doesn't just happen because of your pelvic floor. It it can happen from the whole system being out of whack. Mm -hmm. So absolutely, if you practice these things, even just like the bare minimum, I've heard so many people say that and I've seen it like anecdotally with patients that they have an easier time recovering after because they just know their body better. Mm -hmm. That They have that mind-body connection foundation. Yeah, for sure. Totally. Well, since you already brought it up, we had a listener ask a question on Instagram about she wants to get back to running mm-hmm. and, and she wants to know, you know, if she's had a C-section, when do you recommend running or like, how do they begin or when can they begin? I know you mentioned running, so that's like easy bridge into that question. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So again, this is so annoying, but it really kind of depends. So after C-section, you do have to give yourself some grace and respect for the actual surgery that occurred. You know, I would never tell anyone to do anything. Because the thing about running is, especially with runners, it's just like their life. You mm-hmm. know, I'm married to one. Like, he, he <laughs> you get it. Not run. Yeah. But when you think about the action of running, it is a huge mechanical task. Like there's a lot going on. There's a lot of stability that's happening that you don't really notice, which is awesome. There's a lot of pelvic floor stuff that's going on. There's a lot, a ton of core stuff that's going on. So understanding that like you have to heal from the surgery first or else you could wind up in kind of a bad situation. And that's going back to kind of like that, like healing time of tissues. So like between six to eight weeks, I wouldn't do anything really rigorous because you just, they literally need to heal and there's nothing you can do to really like speed up your blood from going there and like creating the scar tissue and stuff. So then, you know, if you're past that phase, then I would say like, I personally recommend always starting with the foundational things, like all of the core recovery things. This is another thing I see anecdotally in my practice is that again, runners, yeah, they'll just say, yeah, it's been like 12 weeks. I don't know. I'm feeling fine. I'm going to go on a run. And sometimes it's probably fine, but the people I see, you know, it doesn't turn out well. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if you're, if you're feeling well and you're not having a lot of symptoms and you know, you've done some of these foundational things to recover your core and pelvic floor, you know, trying it, but there's definitely protocols I give people for running too that are healthier than what maybe people are used to, like, oh, I'm going to go run for a mile or whatever. I always give people a four to one walk to run ratio. So walk for four minutes, run for one minute, walk for four minutes, run for one minute. 
So I feel like that's a really gentle way to get back to it. And as you feel like you can progress that ratio, you can. But things to watch out for with running and things like with the perspective of a cesarean section or cesarean birth. So obviously like scar tissue pain, that's a big one. And we can talk about, I think one of the questions was um, about the, like the mm-hmm. massage, mm-hmm. but scar tissue pain, you know, when you run your body, your torso and your pelvis rotates a lot as it should. And so that can cause like a pull on the scar tissue. So if you have any sort of pain, you would want to kind of like regress and maybe work on the scar tissue first. Any like leakage or heaviness, like where you feel like you have like heaviness in your vagina. Those are common symptoms that go along with lack of core stability or like a diastasis or kind of like a your coordination is off with the mm-hmm. running. So yeah. Unfortunately, there's like no magic answer, but if you're having a lot of symptoms, like if you're leaking when you sneeze and you have like discomfort in your scar tissue when you twist, I can't say that like running is my number one thing to go to. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you feel really good and you've kind of like done some stuff leading up to it. That might be like 12 weeks for someone and it could be like 12 months for someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like, so many women probably do start running and then they find out that they're leaking and then they're like, well, that's just a normal part of motherhood. Right. Like, and I know you, you've said this and we say it all the time. If you're leaking just because it's common, doesn't necessarily mean that it's right. Right. Like that, that should be happening. So I think you hit the nail on the head with progression, right? You, you, you know, a lot of times start your clients out with progression with that walk, walk to run ratio. And I think that's, the same for just everything, you know, just don't jump into it too soon. If you do find yourselves having any of those issues that you recommend that you t- discuss, then maybe go, you know, go see someone like yourself. <laughs> yeah. I think one thing too, that I, I like to talk about is just that your body's not just like post-birth. It's also post nine months of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So your body yeah. has been morphing for nine months. Your postural muscles have had to like adapt because your center of mass shifts forward, your feet change, like your shoulders change. Like you have to take into account how much change your body underwent. And then, you know, just thinking of how much time it might take to recover and feel better. And I just think it's not to make anyone feel bad. It's just that like, I think people get really discouraged. I included when I tried to go do something and I like had a symptom, it's just like, oh yeah, I was only like five months postpartum, you know, Mm -hmm. my body was still in in this healing process. So I think just like giving everyone, giving themselves some grace for how much your body just went through and you will get back to it. It's just, you know, everyone might just have a different journey to getting back to what they really want to do. Yeah. And try not to rush it. Right. I feel like everyone's so like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I go, I want to get this baby weight off and I want to, yeah. you know, get back to the things I love. And if you're exactly right, you have to take all those things into consideration and breastfeeding too. Like you have to take that oh, into consideration with all of that. So yeah, I think like you, exactly what you said, just making it progressive, taking your time, giving yourself grace, all of that is super important when it comes to mm-hmm. the healing process. Now, 
you had mentioned about the C-section incision, you know, scarring and how that can kind of pull and be uncomfortable. And we know that C-section scar mobilization is something that you see and hear a lot about. So when can you start that if you're someone who has had a C-section and that's something that you're wanting to do? Yeah. So that would be something you would want to wait till you're like medically cleared to do Mm -hmm. because they need to make sure the risk would be that you would like open it, Mm -hmm. like open the incision. So if you did it too soon, that could happen. So, you know, whenever you go back to your doctor, I would bring it up, just say like, Hey, you know, would it be safe to do this? And Along that same path, you're still just waiting on the tissue to heal. So you wouldn't want to massage it while it's still trying to like conjoin together, right? Mm-hmm. Like that wouldn't be super helpful. So yeah, that's usually like between six to eight weeks, I think, is when people go back to their doctor. And again, you know, I I don't really know what everyone gets told, but it's mm-hmm. such a simple thing that anyone could do. Mm-hmm. It's really wild that it's not just a handout, you know, at that point, it's like, here's how you do this. It's like so easy. Again, we like do scar tissue massage on other surgery, like surgical sites and abdominal scarring in general is really culprit for causing some issues just because, you know, your belly is this three-dimensional thing with a ton of layers. Mm -hmm. And so when scar tissue grows, it can grow three-dimensionally and that can cause just a lot of problems and it can even cause like, you know, long-term pain and stuff like that. So, but there are some things that I feel like can be helpful to do even before then. And some of it's just, just kind of like easy, almost like mental and emotional things. Like look at your scar, Mm -hmm. take a second when you're ready to just like look at it and place your hands on it, like wash it. I've heard from personal stories from people that that's like really hard to do, but I think it's a really important step, even though it's hard, you know, even if you do it for like five seconds for the first time, Mm -hmm. I think that those are really constructive, beneficial things to do before you even start a scar massage. It's probably like desensitizing yourself to like the fact that you had, I mean, you you had major, major surgery. You were, yeah. I just think that's a I mean, even my client talks about it. She's like, it's scar, like it's scarring because it it's literally looking at you and thinking I was completely cut open. And it's yeah. also, I think, taking back like those memories, like almost like yeah. post-traumatic of like you said, if it wasn't yeah. like a scheduled one, even if it was scheduled, but if it wasn't and you go into an emergency one, I think it takes like all these, you see it all like right there on your belly. Yeah. A hundred percent. And yeah. I've had so many people who are long-term like, you know, they've had C-sections even like 10 years ago where I think their scar is a problem. So we'll do like scar massage and I always give it to them to do at home. You would be so surprised at how many people are like, I can't touch, I can't touch it. I just think it just brings, like people will cry. It's just just like, there's so many layers to how, how complex this all is. Mm -hmm. So I think too, like, you know, if I were to have one doing those things, even though they're hard at the beginning, just looking at it and just reconnecting, just placing your hands on it can be really helpful. But like mechanically, the scar tissue massage is super helpful because it encourages the scar tissue not to adhere. Um, And that's what I was saying, like it can adhere kind of deep and that can cause pain. 
It can cause bladder symptoms like urgency and frequency. It can cause like bladder pain because your bladder lives like right behind where the C-section scar grows. I've seen all sorts of things like it can like exacerbate a diastasis or a prolapse because of like the pressure it puts on it. So after you're cleared, you know, there's just really simple ways you don't have to use any specific mechanism. You can just like place your hands on either side of the scar and just kind of do like a little DJ. It's <laughs> a good way to explain it. Yeah. 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 I like that. I like that. Yeah. I mean, just doing it for like a few minutes a day will help encourage the scar tissue to kind of like line up better and it'll move better. And the biggest thing is, is just that part of our body moves so much with literally everything we do, breathing even, you Mm -hmm. know, so if it's adhered down, then that can cause some problems. And one last thing too, is all of us have like different ways we scar. I know that sounds weird, but like if you grow big scars, like say you have like a little cut or something and it scars down a lot, that can kind of continue on into situations like these. So I've had people where they have really big scar tissue on their skin or like they'll tell that they'll say that to me and they might be more at risk to having problems. I don't I think it's like some genetic thing that like your body grows more scar tissue when it grows scar tissue. So interesting. That is I didn't know yeah. that. I'll have to look into that. Well, that was very interesting. I did not know a lot about that. <laughs> so that was yeah. that was good. And I think that'll be really beneficial for our listeners who might be having C-sections, have a C-section, and those who have had one, you yeah. know, especially yeah. in past. One quick thing, does it matter like how postpartum you are? Like, is that always going to be beneficial? Like say you're 10 years postpartum, you've never done that, but it does kind of still bother you. Would that scar, could that scar mobilization be beneficial for someone? Oh yeah. hundred percent. I would say like, if it, if you don't have any symptoms and Mm -hmm. you can do anything you want and you don't think there's any correlation, then no. But I mean, I've had people who they come for like weird wonky symptoms and it's always part of my intake to ask like, what's your, you know, birth history like? And I've had so many people that say, oh yeah, I had a C-section 12 years ago. And then we look at their scar and it's all like puckered and like it's tender still. Mm-hmm. So absolutely like you could, it could even be like 20 years ago. You oh, know? wow. I mean, the other thing is they used to do C-sections way differently. So, I mean, I'm not kidding you. I had a, a woman who was in her 80s where she had this crazy, I mean, it was literally from like her sternum to her pubic bone. Oh, oh Wow. Yeah, because it was like an emergency C-section back in like 1965 or something. Oh, wow. And it was still causing her problems. I literally just did like five sessions of some scar tissue mobilization stuff and she was better. Oh, wow. That's awesome. What a testament. Yeah, it's not really that you're like going in and like taking out the scar tissue. It's just that you're like teaching the tissue around it to move better. Wow. Because if it's not moving it causes problems. You hear that, mamas? It's never too late. Never <laughs> we say too that a lot. Never. Truly we say that never too late. We say that in everything. It doesn't matter how yeah. postpartum you are. It is never too late to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ag- absolutely. And you deserve it for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, Sam, that was awesome. Thank you oh, so much for fun. taking the time to take us through this. I definitely learned a lot. I feel Same. like I always learn a lot. Even when you did an Instagram for us, 
a while back and I learned so yeah. much watching your videos. Like, wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. we really appreciate it. Um, we have to ask our final question though, before we wrap up, we always ask everyone this question. What is a messy mom moment or moment you can think of? And if you can't think of one, what advice do you have for moms to just embrace the messy in their life? So I was thinking of stories and like all of them involve like excessive amounts of snot or poop. So yes, I'm not going to yes. let go there. <laughs> I feel it. Yeah. I feel you on that one. <laughs> yeah. But I guess I just feel like one thing that I think helped me is just when things are stressful or whatever, just, you know, try to have fun. I feel like no one tells you like, oh, being a mom can be super fun too. It sucks at times. And like, sometimes it's really hard, but don't forget to have fun because it's this formative, crazy time of your life. And I don't think I've ever had an organ, you know, messy mom. Like that's just, I don't think any motherhood is like organized or clean. (laughs) It's so true. Not over here. It's not, not here. Remember? Yeah. I feel like just remembering to have fun and laughing at things that go wrong and giving yourself some grace. So hundred percent. I love that. Talking about like a lot of poop everywhere, (laughs) (laughs) which is all day, every day for young babies and toddlers. Yeah, for sure. That's so true. I love that. It's such good advice. And Sam, where can our listeners find you if they have questions? Where do you kind of hang out on social media or do you have a website? All the things. Yeah. So my professional account is through uh, like a birth education program that I've started. It's called Birth Embodied. So it's all of this in like a short, succinct bow on it with like two classes. So that's kind of where you'll find me professionally. I also work for a clinic called Engage Physical Therapy and Wellness, and that has a lot more of our like practice and physical therapy stuff, like exercises and tips and info like that. Love it. And we will make sure to put and tag your uh, company in the show notes so you guys can find her and check her out. But again, Sam, thank you so, so much for coming on the Messy Mom podcast. I'm sure we'll probably have you on in the future talking about something else. (laughs) Yeah. Because this was just so great. We could have gone on forever, honestly, but we really appreciate you taking the time and we hope to see you soon. Thanks again. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sam. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. You can find us on Instagram at fitmomin30. That's F-I-T-M-A-M-A-I-N-3-0. And let us know what you liked about this episode. We love hearing your feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show on our website, www.fitmamain30.com, along with our programs for prenatal, postnatal, and beyond. Until next time, bye mamas.